Hey, this is Sammy Flores. I'm the pastor at Coin Church in Chino, California, and this is our podcast. I'm so grateful you're tuning in. I hope this encourages you and calls you to more because you were made for more. Here's our latest message. And so I'm so excited to jump right in to this, the, the word of God, the, the power of God, the scripture. We're going through this conversation of the book of Ephesians together. We're going to jump right in. So if you've missed, you just got to watch it on YouTube. We'll have it up on our podcast. You got to listen because we're going through this. And my encouragement and challenge to you, you should come every week so you get this whole book and you can understand it and it'll make sense to you. But I want to share with you a quick story, just, just, just something that, you know, this happens all the time, like all the time, right? Has, has anyone ever called you up and said, hey, hey, do you want the good news or the bad news? Like, hey, you know, hey, bro, you know, I got to tell you something. You're like, what? Well, do you want the good news first or do you want the bad news? And you just know it's like not a good conversation regardless, right? And oftentimes, I don't know about you, but for me, I want the bad news first and then the good news later. Because <laughs> if it's bad news, then the good news, you know, it will help me out on the bad news. It'll lift me up. And you know, Paul writes something to us, and he gives us the bad news first, and then he gives us the good news. He writes to us in the book of Ephesians, and remember where we're at. We're going like 2,000 plus years ago in this book, and we're realizing something that the culture was very similar to today. It was all about perfection. It was all about how I looked. It was all about how I talked. It was all about how I, how I acted externally, and I wanted people in, in the, the, the church of Ephesus into that, in that city It was, let me see how perfect I can get. And so Paul writes to us as a pastor, as a father, and he's writing to the church of Ephesus, but we know he's writing to us right here and right now. And I want to break down this, 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 a couple verses. So if you have your Bible, it's going to be behind you on the screen. It says this, we're in Ephesians chapter two now. And I'm going to start at verse one. It says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Great, Paul, thanks. Welcome to church, (laughs) right? Awesome, great news. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. Remember, he's writing to the church. He's writing to believers. He's writing to people who believe in him, in Jesus. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. That's, we don't have time to go there, but that's the devil, that's Satan, the ruler of the king of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time. Watch this, gratifying the cravings of our flesh. Some of us, we're still struggling through that. We're still working through the cravings, the soul cravings, right? The cravings of our flesh, the cravings that draw us near. And he says, and following its desires and thoughts, So the world, through the enemy, can captivate your mind in such a way, your life in such a way, where there's just natural cravings, right? And sometimes they're not good cravings. They're unhealthy cravings. And those cravings come within our thoughts and within our desires. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Again, thanks, Paul. Wow. Right? But because of his great love for us, God... Have you ever heard a pastor say that? But God, here it is. 
Verse four, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions, and it is by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ. In order that in the coming ages, that's here and now and in the future, in the coming ages, he, Jesus, might show the incomparable riches of his grace in order, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ. Verse eight, here it is. You ready? For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not for yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. You can't boast about this. You can't boast about a gift that was given to you freely. For we are God's handiwork, other translations say masterpiece, created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You read that, and you, you've been in church for the first time, it's been like, what on earth is he saying? What does that mean? Well, welcome to Bible school. <laughs> I want to just digest this for you for a moment. I want, I want you to see my prayers as Paul prayed that your eyes would be opened and that the wisdom that comes from this book, the wisdom that comes from his spirit would reveal himself to you. Only the spirit of God can do that. So remember, last chapter, it was the groundwork. We're still kind of on groundwork right now. We talked about God saying, I chose you. I chose you even before you chose me. Some of, some of us haven't even chosen God yet. God has already chosen you. Paul says you've been adopted. You were an orphan at times, or maybe you were living in, in, in a brokenness, and you didn't feel like you had a spiritual, you just didn't know, have any direction. God says, I've adopted you as my son. I've adopted you as my daughter. And then, on top of all of that, I've redeemed you. And remember, 2,000 plus years ago, slavery was a big thing. I got to talk about this every week because some of you might miss this. Slavery was a big deal, right, in the Roman Empire. And we're, we're in, when you look at Turkey, you're looking at northeast, you're looking at the west side of Turkey, modern day, that's where Ephesus was, right next to the, the port, the ocean, so kind of like a Long Beach or Los Angeles. And so everyone was coming in to party. Everyone was coming in with riches. There was diversity, homelessness, brokenness, rich people, poor people, all in between, worshiping different gods all over the place. I mean, that's how rich and crazy this city was, right? Like Los Angeles we talked about. But remember, they're on the port, and so slaves are getting off the boat in chains, and Paul uses this language so that they then could understand what he was trying to tell the church. He was saying, some of us, all of us were in chains. We were enslaved to sin, to brokenness, to condemnation. We were enslaved to ourselves. And just as a man would come and say, I'm going to buy that slave, what that did was, not for his own, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring that, that person that's in broken into my family. And when someone would do that in the Roman Empire, you were literally a son or a daughter. Adopted in the Roman Empire, just like a born blood son. So men would come and do that and say, no, I'm going to bring him into my family. And that's adoption, right? And then it goes deeper. We get this word redeemed. If you've been around church, you know, you've been redeemed by God, right? 
That redeemed, that redemption literally comes from this era because when you were redeemed, you had a debt that might have been on you as an orphan. You had to pay some people some stuff. And the one that adopted you into his family in this time paid all the debt. And so Paul flips it and he says, oh, you don't even know. You're adopted and chosen by God. And not only are you adopted, you're redeemed. You're set free from the past. You're set free from the broke. You're set free from the addictions. You're set free from what happened then. I've, I've paid the debt for you, and it's erased. That's chapter one. And then, and then we read last week that your spiritual eyes would be open and that God would give you wisdom and revelation, right? This week, we got to talk about the bad news. Uh-oh, here's the bad news. We just got to be honest with each other. There's three emphasis that Paul's talking about. If you're someone who takes notes, if you're a note taker, here's three points I want to give you, three thoughts, and we're going to digest this. And I'm just going to give you the main ones. It's from, for, and formed. I like alliteration. You see that, the Fs? <laughs> from, for, and formed. So verse one says, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, the past shame. All of us at one point in our life we were, we were dead. Again, this is for the person that follows Jesus, that calls him Lord and Savior, that has repented and turned from their sins and walked towards God's likeness and goodness and light and mercy and justice. That, have you guys seen, I, per, I gotta give a confession. I haven't seen this movie. I just have heard a lot about it because it was like, it titled horror and I don't like those horror movies. But have you ever heard of the movie The Sixth Sense? I had, to, I had to do this research because I was like, man, that is like a great illustration. I got to share that. The movie Sixth Sense with Bruce Willis, and then there's that little boy that says, I see dead people. You know what I'm talking about? Well, the whole story, I mean, it's been like 20 years, so if, if you haven't seen it, sorry for giving it away, but the whole, the whole premise is there's like a, a therapist, Bruce Willis, and he's, you know, walking as therapy with people, and there's this young boy who has like psychedelic like visions and sees weird things. And so Bruce Willis is like walking through him and doing therapy and then he, the, the young boy says, I see dead people, right? That whole famous thing. Come to find out in the story, at the very end, Bruce Willis was actually dead. In the movie, he was dead the whole time. And he was like living as if he was alive but he was actually really dead. And I loved that story because if I'm gonna be honest, I gotta give you the bad news. This is the Bible, this is the scripture. Paul's saying, here's the bad news. Some of us are dead. Before we knew Christ, before we knew his good and his riches and his glory and his mercy, some of us are walking, we could be right now walking around like a dead man or a dead woman. Why? Because we have depression all on us. Sometimes you can even see it on our faces. There's brokenness and there's hurt and there's even people that are dealing with suicidal thoughts and it's like, what on earth? Why can't I even go forward? And sometimes we're walking around dead and there's like no life. All the life has been sucked out of us. Theologically, Paul's saying, if you haven't figured this thing out called sin, that sin's gonna bring you down, right? That repetitive addiction that you know you shouldn't be doing but you do it anyway, right? Man, that thing over time starts bringing you down. It starts destroying you from the inside out. When you have things in your life, we talked about this in the, in the Ultimate Men Crew. Come on. 
Where's the ultimate man crew out, right? We talked about this this past Wednesday that we have to be willing to talk about the things that we have never talked about with each other. We have to be willing to expose what was in the darkness or in the secret and bring it to life. And you can't even conceive or even understand what's going on like psychologically in your brain, but something spiritually happens when you sit with a brother or sister in the Lord or when you talk to someone and say, man, I got to tell you something. I've been holding this in all my life. You have no idea what happened. You have no idea what they said. You have no idea what I've gone through. And I'm con- I got to share this with you. My question, first of all, is do you have people in your life that you could do that with? Do you have a friend, as the Bible says, that sticks closer than a brother that you can really be 100% honest with? The wages of sin, the scripture says, leads to death. The wages, the heaviness. It's burdensome to walk around with like super dark secrets and not being able to tell anybody, right? I know we're quiet in here, but let, I just, we, this is the bad news first. It's the bad news. I'm sorry, it's bad news. We'll get to the good news, but this is the bad news. The bad news is that if we have never stepped into the light, then we're walking around dark. Not literally, but spiritually, we're walking around empty. We're walking around with no purpose. We're walking around with no passion. We're walking around with no direction. It feels as though our life is in chaos. Have you ever felt that? Have you ever walked in that? Do you, have, do you know people that have gone through that? Well, I'm a pastor, so, and I believe the only thing that can cure you from that is Jesus. I believe the only thing that can get you from the darkness is to step into the light. But we're scared of the light, aren't we? Oh, it's going to expose me. Oh, no. Ah, the light. And the enemy fed lies to you all your life that if you stepped into the light, that you would be condemned, that you would be shamed, that yeah, what that person did to you when you were little, you deserved. And if you're not careful who you share it with, it it could even get worse because that's what the enemy wants. My Bible says, Paul says it right here. This sin, this darkness, this evil, this brokenness, this addiction, these shame, the things that have happened to you or you've done to yourself on your own doing. Because we got to be honest, sometimes we just do it to ourselves. In which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. That is the enemy. If there's good news, there's got to be bad news. If there's bad news, there's got to be good news. The antithesis to light is what? Darkness. And so the enemy wants to come and kill, still destroy your life, right? And what he wants to do is he wants to create in you a disobedient heart. It says that. The kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work and those who are disobedient. From who? From what? From mom and dad? Well, it starts there. We know that, right? (laughs) From authority, but but not just from, from God. I don't know about you, but I'm at a point in my life, I just want to be obedient to God. I just want to do what God says to do. I don't want to do what the world says to do. Because what the world says to do is going to put me into darkness. 
But what God says to do, when I live according to his, his purpose in his life, he says, I've chosen you, I've adopted you, I've redeemed you, and I've done something, not just, I've, I've not just saved you from something, I've saved you for something. Second Timothy says, it's like, I gotta give the bad news like really bad. Are you okay with the bad news? Come on, we're in church. The good news is coming, but let me just, let me go a little deeper, all right? You're like, oh great, gosh, that's why I don't come to church. But let me just share it with you. The scripture says this. What does the ruler of the world wanna do in our life? Second Timothy 3, one through nine says this. People will be lovers of themselves. People will be lovers of money. People will be boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good. So then what are they lovers of? Treacherous, rash, conceited, proud, and prideful. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness. I, I, I love God. I know God. I go to church. I clock in, clock out. It's on my IG. It's, I got the Bible right here. <laughs> we used to say it's on your Facebook, but like, there's some that still go on Facebook. I don't really go on Facebook, but you know what I'm saying? It's in your bio. <laughs> having a form of godliness, but denying its power. So I had to give you the bad. That's just the truth, right? But listen, the truth will set you free. Just like myself, I know I am not a perfect person. No one here is perfect, right? We we're all have messed up, and we'll, we will mess up. So Jesus comes, and he says, no, 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 no. I chose you. I adopted you, I redeemed you, and this is what it's for. Because our life will eventually lead us if we keep going the way of the world to darkness and brokenness, and it will, it will eventually kill us. Again, this is towards the believer, but we can see the ways of the world in it, can't we? Gratifying the cravings of our flesh and all that, and then here's verse four, so now we're gonna get into the good news. Here's the good news, you want the good news? The good news is, but because of his great love for us, God. So I was broken and ashamed and I was in the darkness and I didn't, have, I didn't know what was up and down and somebody told me about Jesus and my parents raised me in the church but I had to make a decision for myself. It wasn't gonna be secondhand smoke. I was gonna get this from myself. It wasn't gonna be somebody else's faith. I was gonna believe this for myself. So I made a conscious decision. I don't wanna live the way of the world. I wanna live the way of God. So I started making decisions in my life to honor God as the person who has created my very being because I was tired of this, this mess, this heaviness. I was so over it. And I thought, like all of us sometimes do, well, what do I got to do, though? Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes we grew up in different, in different like, do I have to go to a certain session and, and talk to the priest, you know, do I have, what do I have to confess, how many, how many Hail Marys do I have to give, and all of that stuff is beautiful, but what happens is it can, it can point us too quick to religion, 
Religion says do, 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 so that. Jesus said, did you read it? But God in his great love for you saved you. So you didn't have to do anything. It's bad news, but baby, it's really good news. Because I don't know about you, but I need need to know that, yeah, I'm so, I, I have some stuff in my life, but God, because of his love for me, his passion for me, that he chose me, adopted me, and he redeemed me, he set me free. And it was the grace of God that did that. Grace, it's by grace you've been saved. Remember, Paul's laying out the groundwork still. He's laying this out. This is so important for our faith. Grace is what gets you saved. You're like, saved, oh, there's that. Saved, I like the word saved. I used to not like it. No, it's a real word. Saved from what? Oh, let's be honest. (laughs) Saved from hell. Saved from the enemy. Saved from all of the stuff that can bring me down. I got saved from that. God snatched me up. He said, no, 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 Sam, you're mine. You're my son and I've set you free, I snatched you, I saved you from the worry and the brokenness and the pain that life can bring. I've, I've saved your soul. I've saved you, Sam. And so I like that word saved, right? That's what you're saved from. You're saved from what can really mess you up and mess me up. He saved you. So grace is waking up on Christmas morning. This is, I love this definition. You know when you wake up and you're a little kid, you're like, man, what? There's some gifts out there, right? And you wake up and you look and you're like, man, the new bike, what? Oh my gosh, and you go and you open these gifts. That's kind of like grace. You didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve that bike. I didn't deserve all those presents. But, but my mother and father gave it to me, right? So that's what great, great grace is freely given to you. You can't earn it, sorry. You can't do all the checklists and then have grace. It's given to you freely right here and right now by Jesus. I want to go a little deeper on the grace, the basis for grace. Really quick, we're going to geek out just for a moment, and we're almost done here. Our identity as disciples and followers of Jesus, the Bible says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. Our standing before God, the scripture says, this grace in which we stand. I get to stand before God in in grace he gave me. Our behavior, we behaved in the world at one point, but by the grace of God, I'm okay. I can get through it. Our living, those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the man Jesus Christ. Our holiness, God called us to be holy because of his own purpose and grace. Our strength for living, be strengthened by the grace in Christ. Our way of speaking, let your speech always be gracious. Our serving one another, serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Our sufficiency, my grace, God says, is sufficient for you. Our response to difficulty and suffering, we get grace to help in time of need. He's always with you, he'll grace you. Our response, our participate in, in God's mission as recipients of grace, we're privileged to serve as agents of grace. Believers receive grace. Our future, God and his grace is everlasting. Set your hope fully then 
on the grace that will be brought to you. And then I love this one, our hope beyond death. The, the Bible says in Romans, grace reigns through righteousness leading to eternal life. Grace. You get the full picture of grace? It's, it's much bigger than just on Christmas morning. It's deep. It's majestic. It's powerful. It transforms you, and it's a free gift to you. And here it is, verse 8, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. You can't earn it. It's God's love. And then here's the climax of this passage. We're almost done here. Verse 10 says this. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ to do good works, and which God prepared for us in advance. Let me break this down for you. Oh, come on, Marky. Let's go. Let's go, Marky. <laughs> so let me break this down for you as Marky gets this ready. Thanks, bro. Yeah, that's good right there, man. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for you. You have to understand this. God saved you and brought, and brought you life, okay? He saved you and he brought you life. Not from works, but for salvation is for works. Let me break this down. God saved us, right? He snatched Sammy. I got you. You're my boy. You're my son. I've saved you. I've set you free. So here's, here's what he saved you from, he, to bring you to life. And it's not from works, right? The do, 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 do. Nope, that's not how he saved me. So my works aren't going to get me to heaven. You guys understand what I'm saying? But let, let, me, let me also say this. But salvation is for works. Let me explain it to you. God rescues you so that you can live in your purpose. We talk, I said this on Easter. When we, we talk about Jesus that was on the cross, you know what we've been taught in the Western world? And I love Billy Graham because he did such a great job. You die, he saved you from your sins, from your sins. And so we see Jesus on a cross. And he, he died for, for my sins. But we forget that he also died for your future. He died for something. He didn't just die so that you would be saved and snatched up and that's just it and, and go and live life and it's gonna get hard, it's gonna get difficult. I'm with you, you got your church, but what, now then what, Jesus? No, I got a plan and a purpose for you. So I had to snatch you so that I could teach you the goodness and the righteousness and the holiness so that you can get in route to the purpose that I've called for you. So I used to draw in, in like elementary school. Are there any artists in the room? Shout out to the, the girls crew, the artist crew. Come on, the paint crew. What's it called? What's the crew called? The art crew, come on. And I, I remember when I was a little boy, I would draw all the time. Draw, 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 draw. But I never graduated to the point where I could just see something in my head and draw it. I always had to have something, and I probably could do it to this day. It's like, man, I'm confident in myself. I could see someone and like, okay, it's gonna take me a while, and I'm left-handed, so I'm more creative, I guess, and so I'm doing my thing, right? And, and, and I started really enjoying drawing when I was a little boy. And then my mom started putting me at the Chino Community Center. Remember we were there? I used to sit in that room, and they used to have like classes, and I used to draw with my friend Ryan, and we were like, I thought I was gonna be like an artist, right? And then we got into like, 
the marvel, and so then the line, line, line. Hey, you guys know what I'm talking about? Like these ones? These ones, and then you can like really, like, like that stuff, you know what I'm talking about? You're like, no, I have no idea what you're saying. The shading, right? Anyway, my point is, do you have any idea what I want to draw right now? Does anyone, does anyone, no, no, I hope not. I mean, unless you're prophetic. Across. Now we're guessing. <laughs> you have no idea what is in my mind right now. Right? You can think about it. You can process it. You can ask God, God, what's he saying? You know, just give me a word. What's he saying? You have no idea. And so many times we forget. I got this quote from a pastor in Los Angeles that, that God is an artist. Did you know that? God is the great artist. And we are his work of art. Do you know that? But also, we're artists at work. That wasn't my quote. That's from a pastor in LA. So don't, that's a good one. God has created you because he's a creative God. Right? Where the Enneagram 4 is at. He's a creative God. He's, he creates and he does things and he grows things and he sees things before they are and he puts his hand on it. And the Bible says that he created you and I from the dust of the earth. And he breathed, his, his breath brought the ruach, came into us and brought us to life. My Bible says that in the book, in the Old Testament, there was a sea of skeletons and the prophet said, thus says the Lord, stand up again. Spirit of God, move in them again. And the dead were brought to life. And I love this about God. He is a master artist at work in my life. I have no idea what's ahead of me. But I'll be honest, I have submitted it to God. Man, shoot, I could, I could try to draw my life up. But that's not going to be anything compared to what you have for me. It says this, I'm going to draw something really simple, but you don't know what it is, right? I didn't tell anybody. God prepared in advance for us to do, right? And so, you, you might already be able to tell, like, oh, that's what it is. I'm doing stick figures, Becky, okay? You know what I mean? Sorry. Right? Man, you're like, okay, it's just a person. Can you guys see this? right? And you're doing your, your living life, and you, you were created, you were created as a little person in this world. Not a stick figure, but you were created, right? And I have a plan, and I surely pray that God does things in my life. Don't you? I know this stuff. I know he saved me, not just from my brokenness, but he's also saved me for my future. I'm a futuristic. I love, you heard the, the strength finders? My number one is futuristic. Ask my wife. I'm talking about 10 years out every single day. And she's like, okay, Sammy, but what about now? Right? I'm always thinking and processing and praying. Where are we going to be at, God? What are we going to do? How do you want to do this? What's going on? And sometimes I can get ahead of God. Can't you? And so I have my plan, but God has his master plan. But until I'm willing to give the pen and the marker and the paintbrush to God, I'm going to be in control. Yeah. And so you don't know what I'm going to draw, right? But it's like, okay. So, like, man, this is where I'm at. Man, it's, 
I've always wanted something like this. <laughs> what am I drawing? So you're like, I already know. Yeah, I've always... I'm gonna get a little artistic, Becky, okay? Come on. <laughs> right? And then, <laughs> they're in here, they're in the window, okay? <laughs> Man, and then I've always asked God, because right now, this is where we're at, and then we got the, oh my Lord, I'm such a bad drawer. I said I drew and I don't. You're like, what on earth is this? Looks like a donkey. It's, it's a little dog. It's a little dog. But I, the biggest thing that I ask God all the time, you want to know? I say, God, I want to be, I want to be an amazing, where's my wife? She's in here somewhere. <laughs> That's her hair right there. <laughs> You did not draw growing up. This is stick figures. I, I always wanted a family. But not just, I want to be a good father. I want to be a healthy husband. You know what my prayer is all the time? That Kelly, in the end of our life, can say, that, that Sammy was the same up here than he was down here. In, in the house. And I got a lot of work to you. You can ask Kelly. In the house. He was the same in the house as he was on the pulpit. And you know, my other fear is I want my daughters, because we're having another girl, right? And then I don't know if we'll have all girls, like, Lord, help me. But I want right now my daughters, right, Marvin? Come on, bro. <laughs> He's all shaking his head. <laughs> I want my daughters, I want Lenya and baby Z to say, man, my dad, he was amazing. Yeah, he would preach the word, but he was amazing at home. He was always there for me. He loved me. He held me tight. He told me who I was before the world told me. And I have this picture. I'm like, God, isn't this a good picture, God? This is what I want. And God says, that's amazing, but I got something way bigger. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing, Sammy, but dream bigger. I've, I've created you to be a healthy father, but what else? I have some things planned for you, but I need you to be, be sturdy and steadfast and build character. I'm so bothered sometimes as a young 28-year-old, as a pastor. Man, we just need pastors and men and women and leaders that are built off character, that really believe this thing, that really believe that this is real, that people can go to hell tomorrow if, if the earth came and was destroyed and you might not have ever heard the good news of Jesus. This is the truth. And I love you, or else I wouldn't be a pastor. People are difficult to deal with a lot, right? But I had my plan, and I, God, you know everything that's in here. Some of us, it's just you. That's all you've dreamed. Can I encourage you to dream bigger? Some of you, you said, you know what, my dad left me. When I was two years old, I'd never even seen my dad. I have a bad relationship with my father. I am so sorry that you had to go through that. He saved you from those things, though. But then, what did he do? He saved you for your purpose. And it all, here's the biblical understanding, is aligned to glorify him. 
If it doesn't glorify him, it's not of him. So, yeah, I want to be a healthy father so my children know how good God is. I heard James Dobson say, if you know who James Dobson is, he terrified me. I was like listening to the Audible because I just listen to Audibles. I don't read very much. And he said, I was blown away because my son, as he prayed at the dinner table, thought as a two-year-old thought he was praying, Dad, I pray, and he was praying to me. And he, and he said, I realized my son saw me as God. But that's how little children view the father. So we got to be good. That's why I'm big on men, right? Man, we got to figure this stuff out. So here, I'm done. I hear the worship. You guys can come on up. My encouragement to you and my silly little drawing is that this is, this is Sammy's mind, but what about God's mind? Yeah. Have you even asked God, what's my purpose? What do you want to do in my life? Have you even asked him that? But we just read the bad news first. <laughs> you got to hear the bad news first so that you can get to the good news. I don't mean this to offend you, but it's just the truth. If you don't get rid of the broken sin and the shame and the depression, if you don't let the grace of God save you from that, this life will be really difficult. Because this man that could be you, if he wasn't saved from his brokenness, he's going to put it on them. Not even knowing it. That terrified me when I was reading all the father-daughter books. I'm like, oh God, Lord, whatever you got to get rid of my mind, save me from my mind. I don't want to put that on my children. And so God wants to save you from your past and your brokenness and from your right now and for your future. He wants to save you, snatch you up as his. And we're singing songs that say he loves you. There's no, there's no rival He's for you. We just read the grace of God is a gift. You were dead, but God, you can't tell me anymore. Oh, I'm like afraid of God. You can't do that. You just heard the message. Now you know. You're accountable. You're held accountable to this. You need to hear this. Whoever needs to hear this, God loves you. People might have abandoned you. People might have scarred you. People might have made you bleed. Someone could have hurt you. You might be hurt right now. God didn't do that. The world did that. The brokenness of the world. But you know what my Bible says? God can turn all of the evil for the good, for his glory. But don't miss it for those who love him. God loves you. Do you love God? You gotta ask yourself that question. Am I serious about this thing? God, can you heal me from my past? Can you heal me from my pain? I promise you I've seen it. God can change someone's life and flip it upside down. And then their, their children and their children's children are blessed and know the favor of God and the beauty of God and the wonder of God and their home is healthy and there's not disorder and there's not dysfunction and there's peace that surpasses all understanding that doesn't come from just being a good person that comes from God as a gift it's his grace and he wants that for you and I'm not gonna sell him for you the Bible says it's his revelation and his wisdom that has to pierce your soul so this is it baby this is it
God loves you. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. He saved you from your past, from, here's the alliteration, from your past, for your future, to be formed, to be formed. Not just to be formed, to be transformed. Right? I couldn't do the alliteration with the T and the F. And as we finish, you know, the word formed, when you're born, you're formed. And the, the Bible says that you were born already in sin, unfortunately. I mean, if you have kids, you already know that little baby girl's already sin. Like, what are you doing? I told you not to do that. You're already doing it. Right? And then as we grow, if there's not healthy discipline, it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And then it's real life broken sin. So God says, I've come to clean that out, but I, I am your God, and I don't want you to be disobedient to me. I want to give you good things, but you're not listening to me. I want to bless your life, but you're not living according to my plan and purposes. And so we're already formed. I would argue in Los Angeles, LA, we're not in LA, we're like Chino Hills, Chino, right? We're already formed by someone or something. If you're not reading this on a regular basis, my phone's not up here. You're formed by the phone. And Instagram and social media, there are many things forming you, forming you. The power of God, you know what he does? He transforms you. He transforms you because he is the master artist at work.